Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. You know, one of the things about being blindsided is that we we get blindsided because I think, at, at least for me, I should say that and not generalize this, it's because I don't want to change. I, I want everything to stay exactly how it is because that is how I'm comfortable, that's how I know things, and that's how, um, that, that's how I move through life. I, ha- I have routines. Sometimes I like to follow them, sometimes I don't. My Sunday morning routine is that I wake up, I go uh, get dressed, I get in my car, I turn on my Rich Mullins playlist, I drive down 66, I stop at a quick trip, I go inside, I get uh, my little Yeti thing that's filled with water down here full of coffee, and I make the drive here to the church, I put all my stuff in the office, I close up the door, I walk over here to the sanctuary, I pray around the sanctuary, and then I go over to the office and I just prepare for the morning, go over my notes, go over slides, all of that type of stuff. That's, that's a routine that, that I, I don't want to change because I feel it helps me to grow closer to God. But sometimes we need to, to shift or switch our routines because if we get stuck in those routines, we end up getting blindsided because we do the same thing over and over again, and we expect something different to happen. So as we prepare for our message today, would you please go to God in prayer with me? Dear God, we thank you. We thank you for your love. And God, we pray that you help change our hearts. Change our hearts so that we can see you more clearly. Change our hearts so that we may see our neighbors more clearly. Change our hearts so that we can be a bold witness of your love and of your grace. So God, we lift this time up to you and that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So I titled uh, today's sermon, The Silent Creep. And when Tracy heard that, says, isn't that a uh, Criminal Minds episode? He's like, no, 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 no. It, it's not about some stranger that's walking down the road or, or, or kidnapping someone. But honestly, I think the silent creep is something that we all deal with in our lives. And what I mean by that, the silent creep is another way to talk about being irrelevant. The silent creep can catch up with you because you're, you hold tight to who you are and, and what you do, and you fail to see that the world is changing around you. you know, I love being around youth, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that later. 
that uh, I was in a, recently had a car trip with a couple of youth, and we were driving uh, to uh, Louisville. <coughs> and we got into the car here at the church, and, and the Rich Mullins playlist that I told you about earlier, that, that popped up on, on the radio. And, and one of them looked at me and said, Pastor Chris, is that old Christian music? I'm like, yeah, it's old Christian music. What do you got about it? You know, who cares? You know, this is what I like to listen to. So I changed the playlist to something more modern and more up-tempo and more to what they like to hear. But we had a good conversation, and I was sitting there going, you know, that just reminds me how easy it is for us to get stuck in what it is that we like. And I know I'm, I'm 47 years old right now, and I know that this silent creep comes up more and more and faster and faster in my life. Stop laughing back there, Ruth Cherry. I know, I know. <clears throat> But, you know, the silent creep is something that has invaded the United States. Take a look at some of the companies that we may have grown up with with our lives. Sears, Roebuck. Remember the uh, Sears catalog? I remember those days that we would sit around as a family and we would pick out items in the Sears Roebuck catalog and we would call the store and we would order items and then we would go to the store and pick them up. We don't have the Sears catalog around anymore, do we? Because we found different ways to, to shop. What about Kodak camera? Does anybody remember Kodak? Kodak was the like, top brand of film and cameras that was out there. Matter of fact, Kodak was the company that came up with digital pictures. But they decided that they didn't want to go that route. And the next thing you know, Kodak went out of business. They, they came up with a platform, but the platform was to print off pictures. That way you could have them around the house. It wasn't to share like we so easily do with Facebook and Instagram and, and other social media sites out there. But because they let this silent creep invade who they were, they are now out of business. One of my favorite podcasts that I like to listen to is a podcast called Business Wars. And they just did a rebroadcast of their very first uh, series, which was a Blockbuster versus Netflix. And I remember also as growing up, we would go to the Blockbuster store and we would spend time walking around picking out not DVDs, but VHS tapes. And we would bring the VHS, VHS for those little ones here. They're, 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 actually, they're all right over here. They're, they're like cassette tapes, but only bigger. Yeah, I'm getting a blank. Yeah. But we would take these VHS tapes home, and we would play them in our VCR. And the VCRs weren't these small VCRs. They were these big old honking things that had the big old giant buttons that had to have three people to move them around the house. But Blockbuster didn't want to change. And so now we know of Netflix. Now we know of streaming services. Now we have our entertainment just at a touch of a button. We don't have to go anywhere to do that. We can buy 
rent, view, any movie we want in the comfort of our living room. See, all of these places, the silent creep came to them, and they didn't respond. Now, I'm going to step on some toes here, and I know that I'm going to. But my friends, sometimes the silent creep comes to the church. And the silent creep can invade the church because we get stuck with those words. That's not the word. This, this is the way we've always done it. This is how we've always done it, and we're not going to change. But my friends, the world is changing around us. And if we as a church don't take a look at the way we do things and change them, then we too will become irrelevant. We too will not be able to reach people for the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Now, when I'm saying that, I'm not saying that we need to change the message or the mission. The mission stays the same. The message stays the same about a loving and caring relationship with Jesus Christ. But sometimes we need to do things differently so that others may hear about Jesus in a different way. That's what irrelevance can do to our lives. Paul knew all about this. In our scripture, we hear Paul talking about how he battled irrelevance in his ministry. Our scripture today is from 1 Corinthians 9, verses 20 through 22. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles or with the words that are on the screen. Paul writes, though I am free, actually we're starting at verse 19, not, not 20. Paul says, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> so how is that not wishy-washy teaching? You know, it sounds like Paul's just doing whatever he can just to, to fit in with the groups around him. But that's not what he's doing. All right, Paul mentions and writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, he says, Do not be conformed to the world around you, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, all of these things are ways that he is transforming the way that he thinks so that he can share the gospel freely with those around him. In the book of Acts, we see a great story of how Paul 
has done this. Paul has started one of his missionary journeys, and he, he lands in, in Greece. And, and he's in Athens, and he goes up to this place called the Oropagus. And, and in this place, he comes across those who are learned, those who are, are trained in, in the Greek thought. And he is given the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with him because what he was sharing what was shaking up the community he was in. So Paul stands in front of these, these learned people, and he says, you know, I've, I've been walking around your town, and I, I've been noticing what you were doing. And as I was walking through your town, I noticed that there was this, this statue that you had. You have all of these gods lined up, but then you have one that says, to the unknown God. And then he says, let me tell you who this unknown God was. See, he knew that this statue was there because the Greeks were, were hedging their bets, if you will. They had all of the gods that they were used to worshiping, and, and they thought to themselves, well, you know, we may have missed one, so why don't we put a statue up to an unknown God so we can say that that's the catch-all for, for the community? So if something goes wrong, that we know that it's not one of the other gods' responsibilities, we can go to this one. And but Paul looked at him and said, no, this unknown God that, that you have a statue for, this is Christ. This is Christ, and he, and he shares the story of Christ. But then he does something else. He doesn't just say, this is who Christ is. He goes to their poets, and he shares a poem where he says that this poem is talking about who Jesus is. And it's not something that I came up with. I, I didn't write this. Your people wrote this. Your people have a desire to know who God is. See, that's what we as, as Methodists, we like to call provenient grace. And that's the grace that, that we know about God or when we don't even know him. Let me say that again because that made absolutely no sense. That is the grace that is poured out upon us when we don't even know who God is. It's a longing and desire for us to know who created us, who loves us, who came to earth to be one of us, to die for us so that he may rise and give us life and life abundantly. See, that's what Paul was trying to, to pass on to those Greeks around him. And I think that's the message that Paul gives us today as we look around the world around us. There are ways that we can share the love and grace of Jesus Christ in powerful ways where people can know God. And all we have to do is take a look at what is around us to share the good news. See, we must value the mission over the method. We must value what we have to then change the way that we do it so we can share with other people. And one of the things to do that is to look at music. You know, I love our, our contemporary worship, and I love our, our traditional music. I love the words that are there, and they, 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 they bring a longing to my heart, but I know for some, it doesn't at all. But there are secular artists, those artists in the mainstream that talk about God. 
<laughs> some of the examples. Uh, Mumford and Sons, they have a song called Below My Feet. Uh, Carrie Underwood has the song Jesus Take the Wheel. The Foo Fighters has a song called Learn to Fly. And I think one of the most amazing stats about uh, secular music is that Elvis Presley was nominated for, I think, 13 Grammy Awards, but he only won three. And those three awards that he won were for the gospel albums that he recorded. Isn't that amazing? It's because the people that listened to them knew that there was a longing. It's because people are connected to Jesus Take the Wheel or, or other lyrics from Mumford and Sons. Now, I'm not saying that we need to do all of that type of stuff in the sanctuary. I'm just saying that we can then be like Paul and say, you know how Mumford and Sons said this? Or when Carrie Underwood talks about Jesus Take the Wheel, let me share with you how Jesus took the wheel in my life and showed his love and grace for me. And another thing that Paul did as he traveled in his three different uh, missionary journeys, he got to know people different than him. And my friends, as we grow as a church, we must get to know people different than who we are. And that means getting to know younger people, people who are a different race, different social economics, different nationalities. All of these things help us to see God in different ways so that we can proclaim Christ in a powerful way. You know, it's easy to ignore voices different than ours. You know, they live in a different part of town, so why should I care? Or, or actually, they, they may go to a different service. Why should I care about them? Or they may go to a different church. Why should I care? They may not go to church at all. Why should I care about them as long as I take care of me? See, we have to listen, and we have to understand. You know, the goal isn't to pick up their lingo or, okay, I'm going to try it, or to do this. I can't. I can't do that at all. And even if I did learn how to floss, it wouldn't make a difference at all. You know, I don't have to talk about how things are lit or how we're woke or how we're on fleece or something fleek or something like that. You know, that's just saying words. That doesn't it doesn't matter. If I know the language, but what matters is that we share with people that we love and care for them. What matters is that we reach out as Christ loves and to say, you know what, I may think of, of church this way, or I may think of mission this way, I may think of classing or learning this way, but I'm going to do something different so that I can stay up with the generations younger than us, different than us, so that I can proclaim Christ in their lives. So your, your uh, soul training sheet this week is talking about that. <clears throat> My friends, as a church, we must 
love the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world more than the way we do it. You know, as, as I said during our prayer this morning, making disciples of Jesus Christ starts right here. It starts with me. It starts with you individually. How can I become more of a disciple? How can I let that mission live inside of me so that that comes out with everything that I do? And then you must become a student of culture, and, and this may be hard. You know, I have Twitter, I have Facebook, I have Instagram. I don't have Snapchat because it scares me. I don't have TikTok because I think it's crazy. I, you know, there's all these social media platforms out there that I don't know about, and I don't want to be a part of them because it's just one more thing to learn. But you need to engage somehow with those platforms because that is how people are being reached. One of the things that I like to do, uh, since we have Apple Music, every once in a while as I drive, I turn on the modern or, or the popular a radio station on Apple Music so I can listen to some of the songs, even with some of the explicit lyrics that's there, because I know that that's what people are listening to. And I will tell you, I've heard stories of God, even in some of the most explicit songs that are out there. And I can be offended by the language that's used, but how offensive is it to not say, this is where God is in the midst of our culture. And how can we point people and connect people to the love and grace of Jesus Christ through their music? And then I think one of the most important things that we can do is to surround ourselves with younger people. Because younger people, they see the world differently than we do. They see the world in a way that maybe challenges the way that we see the world. But when we have dialogue, when we allow them to speak into our lives, I believe that we are allowing God to speak into our lives as well so that we can be a richer, stronger, more bold witness of the love and grace of Jesus Christ to a broken and hurting world. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear God, change is hard. You know, I think we're wired not to change. We're wired not to change because we want to be comfortable. We want to feel that our lives are what's important. And God, I'm not saying that our lives aren't important, but God, I think the most important thing for us is to share your love and grace to a hurt and broken world. So God, deal with the, the slow creep in our lives. Help us to find ways to, to grow in our culture, not so that we can conform to it, but so that we can be a voice that speaks into the culture around us to help the world see you through us. So God, we lift this prayer up to you. In the strong name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.